Welcome to episode 14 of the Blokebusters podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Paul. And uh, today's date is March 13, 2013. And uh, last month's Academy Awards, now yeah. now slash Oscars, now the Oscars <laughs> uh, got us uh, thinking and took us a little longer to get to this, but we're going to be discussing our best picture winners all time, respectively. Uh, Paul and I have each picked out a film, and uh, we may dabble into a few others here and there, but oh, uh, yeah. focusing mainly on uh, two films here. So yeah. I'll, uh, at this point, toss it up to Paul and uh, let him take the lead. Okay, well, my film is a fairly recent one. It's 2008's winner. You know, obviously the Oscars were in 2000, were shown in 2009, but it's the winner from 2008, mm-hmm. Slumdog Millionaire. It was a close call between this and Silence of the Lambs, but I'll get to why in the end. So, just going into, as I always do, the <laughs> the nitty gritty, directed by mm-hmm. Danny Boyle of 28 Days Later fame. You know, 127 hours train spotting i think would probably be mm-hmm. the big one from him the budget for it was reported as 15 million dollars uh, us i didn't bother going into the uk one for that <laughs> and as of october 2009 the box office was 377 million nine hundred ten thousand five hundred forty four dollars all right then not too shabby i think uh. you'll agree <laughs> You know, not that that's important. No, yes. <laughs> uh, but get, given the fact that there's, at least in England and the US, not a single big name connected to it, I would say that's quite a good go. <laughs> and the main character, Jamal Malik, is played by Deb Patel. And the other main character, even though she's not in it for all the film and is kind of in and out. And I should say, Deb Patel plays the the most grown-up version. Yeah. version. Uh-huh. There are other characters, uh, other actors that played the role, and I'll get to why I haven't written those names down in a second. The other adult one is Frida Pinto, playing Latika, at least the older Latika. <laughs> and... <laughs> And I will say that the reason that I don't have any other names written down is because I will butcher them and I'm not willing to <laughs> to sit here and just mess up everyone's name and I'm sure that we'll get you know, at least <laughs> one letter saying that I've messed it up. And, oh, no, can't deal with that. And so yes, this won the Best Picture for the 2008 Oscars. It also won... Best Director, Best Adapted Screenplay, Cinematography, Original Score, Film Editing, and Sound Mixing. So, yeah, did very well at (laughs) that Oscars. Won 8 out of the 10 it was nominated for. And at a very brief synopsis, as I'm sure most of the people that would listen to this have already seen it, it's a film about this guy who ends up being on the Mumbai version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, going for the... 20 million rupee question. I'm oh. guessing that's a lot. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'd imagine it's, it's about a million dollars. Equivalent to a million dollars. <laughs> I don't know what the translate, you know, no, yeah, what, I, the, what the exchange I, rate was. At to the be time. honest, I should have looked that one up, yeah. but I didn't. <laughs> Who uh, wants to be a 900,000 error? It just doesn't have the same ring to it. I know. <laughs> If you listen to the host of the show, you might think it's the equivalent of who wants to be a millionaire. Millionaire, yes, which <laughs> did annoy the hell out of me. <laughs> the first time, and the last time, and all the yeah. times in between. <laughs> millionaire. Because I was thinking about that. Isn't that someone that does like stonework or something? It's, no. it, it's not <laughs> not someone that has a lot of money. Yeah, but whatever. So, yeah, so he's on that specifically 
to try and get back in touch with Latika. And through a series of flashbacks, all told because they think he's cheating because he's doing very well, you see exactly how he knows the answers... And also you get to see his life and the entire reason that he is on the show in the first place. And I would say, before I go any further, it deserved the Best Film Award. There are some in the past that I would say didn't compared to the other (laughs) films that come up, but we'll get to that. And I can understand why it won all of the other Oscars, because it was a fantastic-looking film, so cinematography there, and the editing, I thought, could not fault the editing in the film. And the director, I don't know, I tried to look up all the stuff he's done. Boil, boil, boil. Yeah, and I don't think that many of his other works have done that well according to the academy and i think that this time if this was his first best directing oscar which shame on me for not checking that (laughs) (laughs) that was then yeah he definitely earned that one and the reason that I went with this one, as opposed to, say, Silence of the Lambs or maybe even Schindler's List, was that sitting down to watch this film, I'd heard good things about it. My mother actually told me that if I went to see it and didn't like it, she herself would give me the money for the film ticket. That's like, a, Yeah, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, so. so and it's one of those things of, okay, I'm either going to go and see a film and like it, or I'm going to go see a film, no skin off my nose, I'll get the money back for it. My wife didn't necessarily enjoy the film as much as I did, mm. and that should read as she doesn't like the film. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, she she doesn't understand why I like the film as much as I do. But I, I was a little, I would admit it, perplexed when you sent me the text of <laughs> the films you wanted to cover, and I'm like, yeah. oh. But, oh. but sitting down and watching the film, it's one of the films that I was genuinely rooting for some of the characters in it because when it came down to it it was this guy that wanted to see this girl again and even though I typically don't care about any of that stuff I was genuinely yeah I know (laughs) I'm a cold-hearted bastard (laughs) but this film I was so into seeing this guy's life and seeing everything that happened to him and everyone that he'd cared about that by the end I was genuinely just like I'll give this guy a happy ending please give this guy a happy ending and spoiler if you haven't seen the film he does because he gets to be with the girl that he loves and they get to do a dance number at the train station and I was interested in all of the characters because I thought all of the characters were fairly fleshed out. I mean, there's the brother who sort of had to go down the route he did to protect his brother. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe he liked it. And then you see him have the real remorse at the end. You've mm-hmm. got the girl who ended up going down the route she did. Firstly, because of the brother. And then also kind of because of the brother, but because she wanted to protect the main character. And the only way to do that was to shut him out. And then you've just got all these other people, the hostess, apart from not being able to say the word millionaire is a complete dick (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
I think he says he's the only other person to have won the show, to have won that much money, and you can tell he doesn't want anyone else to win that (laughs) money. And slight side note, actually, they wanted to get the actual host of their version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire on it, but he said he couldn't because of how that character was portrayed. He didn't want people to associate him well, with that. Didn't, didn't think that he was actually a dick. Yeah, didn't want to think that he was that bad that the show was rigged. Because, like, mm-hmm. you know, that is the insinuation. Oh, of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just, the whole experience of seeing it, I came out just being like, wow, I really like that film. It was not on the same line as Lincoln, say, but along those lines of you come out like, that was a good film. That was mm. just really good. And I mean, maybe it's because I didn't see Silence of the Lands in the theatre. <laughs> maybe if I'd seen that in the theatre, I'd have had know. that much more impact on me. But uh, probably, again, Schindler's List. Mm. I saw it on a smaller television. Yeah, <laughs> Didn't diminish the film, that's all my <laughs> thing, but maybe it diminished my Well, that's uh, just what it's hard to get people so, yeah. to, you know, it's not a lot of rewatch on Schindler's <laughs> List. Like, hey, everybody, let's come over and get depressed for yeah. three hours. <laughs> let's come over and watch some, yeah, yeah. some of the, some of, mm-hmm. I should say, the worst racism <laughs> That has occurred. Mm, yeah. And I prefer my Liam Neeson to kick ass in other yeah. ways. <laughs> Terrorist Ra- ass. Rather you know, than not... behind the scenes kicking ass. Yeah. More mm. the upfront. Yeah. Saving ass. my daughter kind of ass kicking. <laughs> yes. And I well, quick note, have you seen Taken 2? I have not seen Taken 2, Neither nor I probably I. will not yeah. see Taken 2. Yeah. Unfortunately, I've heard it doesn't quite live up to... <laughs> It should have been Taken 2, subtitled Too Much Taken. (laughs) The T-O-O. Or or even just uh, Taken 2 and then brackets much. Much. (laughs) Again. (laughs) Just subtitle, subtitle, subtitle. Again. Seriously? Really? Question mark? Seriously? Yes. (laughs) It doesn't fit on a poster all. You know, it kind of rolls along the side, but... Yeah. Taken three. You must be joking. <laughs> are the worst parents ever. Yeah. This oh, time it's oh, him. Well, <laughs> worse than the Home himself. Alone three parents. And the Home Alone. Four. Yeah. Like, seriously. Yeah. Worse than any Home Alone. Parents, really. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, how that needs to be only... Taken three. Macaulay Culkin gets taken. Yeah. <laughs> They're like no one. Or, no one wants yeah. to pay the answer for Macaulay yeah. Culkin. They, they have to go to Liam Neeson and get him to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so no down the phone. Just like I'll let him go. Uh-huh. Come on. And you have Liam Neeson do the ah! <laughs> as he puts on some aftershave. That'd be great. <laughs> Call us Hollywood. We're right. available. <laughs> I was just say, like going into Home Alone one very briefly. How do you only do? Please no. How do you only do the one head count as you're leaving, and that's it? How do you not do another one? Like at the gate on the plane. Surely they must have realized they had a ticket spare. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, it, it's a premise, okay? Yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. A weak one. Uh, but... I know. Okay. They had to get so... some kid home. Alright, oh, back to... <laughs> yes, back to Slum. Slum Millionaire. <laughs> millionaire <laughs> Slums. Yeah, this was one that was playing at the theater when I worked there. And so oh, we'd, right. we'd get... We'd screen them typically at midnight for the employees if you wanted to stay. You yeah. Know? And so that was one I was like, ooh, I was definitely interested in seeing it. And I will say it was over. I, I really enjoyed watching it. And at the end, I'm like, that was a very good movie. And yeah. I have not seen it since. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, oh, I'll buy that when it comes out. And I just eh, picked it up a few times that week it came out on DVD and like right. didn't pull the trigger on it. Still have it. And I don't know. You can't win with me because <laughs> it was tied up a little too neatly for me. 
But then I, I'll get pissed when they things aren't tied up neatly yeah. for me. I was like, oh, it's a little two-story book. Perfect ending. But Maybe you'd have been happy if they'd have ended it with her saying she's safe, but then they don't mm-hmm. necessarily meet up at the end. Like, like a, he, uh, so are wins. you a Great Expectations <laughs> fan? Yeah. Do you know, like, I, where I, they yeah. agree to be friends, Stella and Pip agree to be friends, yeah, kind of, but there will be no love yeah. thing because she's too broken and she, you know, blah, 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 but... It's heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> and that, there are two endings of that novel, but that's uh, the one that's most widely well, regarded. Well, that, that could be the thing then, because you know, mm-hmm. obviously she says that she's safe that she got mm-hmm. out, but mm-hmm. there's absolutely no guarantee after he wins the money that he's ever going to see her again. They yeah. just then had the point where they meet again in the train station. Yeah, but you're supposed to think yeah. marriage, kids, blah, blah. Come on, that's yeah, what you're supposed to think. I know that it's going yeah. down that yeah. way with that scene. Cause but, then, yeah. winning, but. but then again, I I'm, I like my ambiguous endings and sometimes, and sometimes I hate them. Yeah. But I, well, I think it worked well. I think that's the way you had to pay off that movie. Yeah, with how hard that kid worked yeah. to getting her back. So it's <laughs> an unfair criticism, I'll admit. Yeah. But I think it was a very good movie. Do you recall me saying the other nominees from that year? I don't know. Did you write down any? I recall you mm. saying them. That doesn't oh, mean I recall well. what they were. <laughs> you don't recall <laughs> what they were. Yeah, I think if I had heard one that I'd seen and liked, mm-hmm. then I probably would have written it down. But I think all of the other ones were ones that I didn't get a, either get around to watching or didn't feel yeah. that much. Oh, uh, yeah, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Yeah, that which one would not seen. Probably yeah. been, since you haven't seen it, that would have been probably my vote. That right. year, who I wanted to win, not that, and I would say Slumdog was probably my number two. Right, yeah. uh, it would have been that there. one didn't win. I was like, oh okay, you know, and the reader was kind of an independent type feel, and that didn't have a whole lot of chance that their win was the nomination. Yeah, uh, much <laughs> like Frost Nixon and Milk, both kind of not a, a large number of screens, I believe, on yeah. both I, of those films, but I'll still say, really, really good. I've seen the first half of Frost Nixon. And We've I, seen Frost, but not Nixon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need, to, I need to. You get didn't back get to the slash. There, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, I hit the slash, and it was just a wall. Oh, no. uh, I can't watch the second act. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was the thing of I watched it and then I had to do something and then I just never picked it up again. Yeah. Which I've done too many times. Mm-hmm. I need to need to finish that one. Hey? All right. Well, did you have anything to add in on that? I, guy? I mean, apart from my hearty recommendation of anyone that hasn't would, seen yeah. this to watch the film, at least. Uh, even going down your route, at least just the once. Exactly. So seen it, so like I'm not opposed to, to seeing them. it again. If it's, I think it's been on TV even once or twice. Oh, Maybe, I'm, and I've, sure I've watched bits of it, but just not all the way through again. And I will say part of that is for Frida Pinto. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would get on TV to uh, try to I get see. in contact with Frida. Pinto. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm crazy, Zoe. Don't if you're. Don't be hurt. Don't be jealous. Okay. Yeah, this, this, is, this is all his. Or if I got it my first choice, I just have to fall back on something. Uh, yes, I suppose the beautiful Frida Pinto will do. Okay, back to reality, maybe. Uh, how do we act? Oh, though, yes, I know it's not as fun. I guess uh, I don't know. Did you want to rate, or did you want to maybe do that later, I, sir? Well, I don't really or have a rating rate in mind, yeah. but I would probably go along with for myself something along the lines of say. Um, Minus zero point five, mm-hmm. like that. Like just, I think it is just because of how much I enjoyed the film. Mm-hmm. Although, if you look at the Oscar yeah. list, like you know, he did well enough to deserve that. I think, and 
Yeah, I'd be yeah. at about a minus three and a half or so. Yeah. On it. I, yeah. I, or so, three and a half. Maybe. I can see yeah. it. I can yeah. see it. Still recommended. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but not Citizen Kane. <laughs> Even though they did not win the best picture. <laughs> yes. Lost to How Green Was My Valley. I mean, come on. We all love that. Come yeah. on. <laughs> it's, I'm sure I would if I'd ever seen it. Oh, uh, okay. yeah. All right. Maybe someday. Alright, so uh, I'm going to go in the Wayback Machine just a little bit. Not too, too far. Yeah, I'm not yeah. pulling anything from the 30s or the 40s here. We should at <laughs> some point. Our best pick from the 30s. <laughs> yes, she done him wrong with me. Was. I, I don't know. I think that got nominated but did not win. Good well, movie, though. Good movie. <laughs> yeah. Good pull by me. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I am going to go with the... Great underdog story in a couple of ways. Uh, 1976 motion picture called Rocky. Yes. Uh, Rocky. <laughs> Rocky. Rocky Balboa. Well, that was a later movie. Yes. But <laughs> also very good. Uh, this I, uh, I premiered on December 3rd. Um, I will go through the bits and pieces yeah, a little yeah. bit for you. It had a budget of $1.1 million. The point one came from Chardoff and Winkler, the producers who agreed with United Artists if they went over budget they would have to compensate. Right. So their hundred grand came from them. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. Very nice. And it the gross, not bad on the return, hundred and seventeen point two <laughs> million. <laughs> So, After investing 1.1, 1. 1, like, that's think, the U.S. Do you think those yeah. two got their 100 times back then? <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> and then the worldwide is $225 million. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, so not not too shabby there. No, no. It was uh, directed by uh, John G. Avildsen. Uh, to this point, he had never directed a, like a sports movie or directed or anything. He had not even been to a fight, apparently, and had never even seen a boxing film before. <laughs> and so this was his first exposure. It was written by Sylvester Stallone. I knew um, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was one of like hundreds of scripts he had written at that point. He was an unknown. He had been yeah. in, I uh, can't think of the movie right now, but he'd been in something like the year before, a small part, and that was kind of what helped him get the job. Right. Actually, accidentally, because they screened this to the head of United Artists, and he's like, oh, which one's Stallone? And they mistakenly pointed out the wrong guy. And he's like, oh, I like that guy. Oh, yeah, he's, he's all right. And hired him. And you're like, okay, yeah, Stallone can do it. And then uh, he was not amused at all when he found out who Sylvester Stallone really was. He's like, because it was this blonde hair guy. He's like, how is he Italian? And I was like, oh, I guess he's Northern Italian or something. Yeah. Or something, you know, because they're blonde hair, blue eyes, whatever. But yeah, so was, anyway, Sylvester Stallone wanted to sell the script, but only if he could star as Rocky. And that was his demand. And yeah. he had a hundred, I think it's, $106 in the bank <laughs> and was trying to sell his dog who plays Butkus in the movie right. because he couldn't afford to feed him anymore. Right. And he could have sold it and someone else starred in it, whatever. And he said, no, I'm going to star in this. Right. And... You know, whatever. So I do admire that integrity. Yeah. And I, I just, you know what? Like, yeah, I have no money, but One hell of a I'm a creative maker. person, and this is what I want to do. So yeah. before he started making terrible movies in the late 80s, he did have some integrity. <laughs> I just want to point that out All for right. the sly haters out there, because I know they're out there. Hey, Peanut gallery. I, know you yeah, I wasn't I, asking to hear from the sly haters just a second. Yeah. But I will actually say mm. I am one of those. Oh, fair enough. But you cannot deny... Rocky. No, okay. Yes, I definitely okay. can <laughs> well, Alright then. But it was just this great mirroring situation of Rocky being the underdog, Sylvester Stallone being the underdog. Yeah. No one knew him. 
and the <laughs> film being an underdog, yeah. no one knew of it. It was expected. <laughs> once it did finally get made, it was expected to do nothing. Like, okay, we got the movie made. Right. And it just Possibly started to gain, back, yeah. get the ball rolling, get the ball rolling, kind of like Clerks a little right. bit. And, you know, not that that won any big no, awards, you, but, yeah. you know, popularity-wise. <laughs> and then it just started to pick little small awards. And you know, there's a great documentary on the uh, Blu-ray collection that came out a few years ago. And uh, they just started to get noticed and this movie's amazing. <laughs> so eventually, you know, Long goes on to win Best Picture up against All the President's Men, Bound for Glory, Network, and Taxi Driver, which is one of my all-time <laughs> favorite films as well. Yeah, Taxi uh, Driver, fantastic <laughs> film. Yeah, and so, yeah, beat out that. But it's just, for me, it's just that classic story of a nobody that wants to be a somebody. Yeah. That it's just, not that he's... Com- Completely unhappy, but he's very. When you meet him, he's very accepting of his lifestyle. His only companions are his two turtles, Cuff and Link, <laughs> his goldfish uh, Moby Dick, <laughs> and that's it. Until Adrian gives him a uh, butt kiss. You know, that's he's just a quiet existence, and he, he says he's a bum. He's a you know, his yeah. trainer Mickey calls him a bum. You know, you're a bum all the time. But uh, he was a boxer, kind of when you meet him, and he's still doing these nickel and dime fights. Right, and but it's just making very little money doing it. And his main job is working as a collector for a loan shark, you know. So, right. <laughs> and even as Mickey, played by, wonderfully by Burgess Meredith, yeah. uh, points out that you could have been great, but just kind of implying that he didn't give it is everything. Yeah. And really enjoyed that part, aspect of it. I just wanted to go back to the cast real quick. Yeah, Talia Shire, sorry, just jumping around here as Adrian. <laughs> and Burt Young as Pauly, Adrian's brother. Apollo Creed, played by Carl Weathers. Uh, a lot of people know who Carl Weathers is. Uh, yeah. Well-known actor now, but not a whole lot then. And then Mickey <laughs> is Burgess Meredith, the main guys in there. Good old Burgess. <laughs> <laughs> Burgess, yeah. One of the, yeah, I just love Mickey. Uh, all through the whole series of films. But briefly, if you, if you have not seen Rocky, if you've not had the last 30 years to view the film, <laughs> granted, you know, you may not be 30, but whatever. It's America's Bicentennial. Apollo Creed is this Muhammad Ali-type fighter just right. destroys people very charismatic his prowess in the ring only matched by his business savvy and the way to market himself and yeah. he's just an incredible marketer and promoter of himself and he's scheduled to fight this guy that has to drop out due to a broken hand so and he was a worthy kind of competitor right not expected to lose but worthy of fighting apollo yeah and so they have to scramble and they well we need a catch or we need a gimmick now and so Apollo comes up with the idea, we'll offer this to a nobody, an unknown, yeah. to fight the great Apollo Creed, uh, or to box him, you know. And uh, so it's perfect. It's America's Bicentennial. It's perfectly American, you know, give this yeah. land of opportunity. Give someone a shot. Give someone a shot at winning the title, the, yeah. you know, the world boxing title. And they even say it's very American. And Apollo says it's very smart. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the whole premise. And so Rocky reluctantly agrees He's like, oh, no, I'm just a nobody. You don't yeah. want to see that. Yeah, it'll be embarrassing, and, you know, I'm going to get my head caved in pretty much in a second, <laughs> you know, and, and you know, it's, I don't want to fight the great Apollo, but he gets talked into it by Apollo's people. Meanwhile, you have him courting the very modest Adrian, who wears <laughs> who wears the glasses and just short hair and keeps her head down and doesn't say ten words in the pet yeah. store, you know, and just Rocky sees something in her. And they're just both kind of nobodies. Like, her brother Polly calls her a loser all the time, you know, and right. very abusive to her. And 
So they kind of find each other that way. He comes in and tells her bad jokes in the pet store all the time. And it's just a really nice story. I know you don't care about those things, yeah, like yeah. you said. But for those that do, do, I'm sure there are a few out there as well, other than me, that really like to see those characters or those emotions kind of work well together. And just one of the most iconic scenes is when they go on their first date ice skating. She ice skates, he jogs beside her. And they kind of talk, you know, and... She says, you know, I don't have, I was told, you know, I didn't have much of a body, so I better use my brain. And, well, Rocky first says, I didn't have much of a brain, so I had to use my body. That's, you know, what his dad told him or whatever. And she says, that's funny. I was told the opposite, you know. (laughs) But it's one of the most, yeah, exactly. One whole person. But it's one of the most iconic scenes, I think, in the Rocky collection. And it's just didn't go as Sloan had planned. There's supposed to be tons of extras in that scene, and <laughs> there's, like, one person there. <laughs> and so it's filmed as, like, oh, it's shut down, and it's much more intimate, actually. Right. But uh, it just plays really, really well, and uh, Rocky really allows Adrian to come out of her shell. He's the one that's able to open her up and into the world. Yeah. And uh, if you watch the other movies, you really see how far <laughs> she comes. And kind of gets to be a little annoying later, but... <laughs> Love her in this movie. <laughs> Before she's all obsessed about fur coats and all that crap. I don't know, in Catherine but, Stallone film. Shut it. <laughs> That's not Stallone, you should have said? Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I thought I'd leave that there. <laughs> okay. Okay. But, uh, yeah. I just... Uh... Say what else did I want to go into? But um, shuffle, 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 <laughs> shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. <laughs> but yeah, you have a, a great another great scene where Mickey visits Rocky. Where before this fight came about, telling him that he's a bum, a nobody, that I've given your locker away to someone else. Yeah, you know you're on Skid Row, blah blah blah. And then Mickey comes, hat in hand, you know, metaphorically. <laughs> oh, can I be your manager, pretty please? <laughs> you know, kind of, and in a long winded way of talking about his fighting days. And Rocky's not having it, just, uh uh-huh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, just very short and agreeable. And just a great scene where Sloane actually improvised this monologue where he just kind of screams at Mickey until Mickey gets the point and starts walking away. Just, it stinks! This place stinks! You know, his apartment's (laughs) tiny, it's just one room, you know? This whole place stinks, you know? you know, I was, I'm a nobody, you said I'm a, you know, and just kind of lets him have it. And then Rocky's good heart and good nature... He runs after him, and you don't see any dialogue. It's or hear any dialogue, but it's just them in the distance talking and puts his hand around Mickey, and you get the impression, right. okay, he's gonna, he's on board. Mickey's back. <laughs> so uh, that's one of the great scenes. And then, of course, you go into the typical Rocky movie, which would become typical. Yeah, training, training montage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the iconic Philadelphia Art Museum stairs yeah. <laughs> running where you can't do it the first time, got the stitch in the side, and then at the the next training montage, he runs up it quickly and yeah. dances around, you know, jumps, throws his hands up in the air. Perfect. And then uh, <laughs> uh, lastly, uh, before we get to the big fight, the great scene that Stolen really, really fought for, and they were only able to do one take. They, everyone else said, you don't need it in the movie. So when he comes back late at night, right before the fight, He's been in the ring, and Adrian's in his bed, and he sits on there, and he says, I can't do it. I can't win. And uh says, there's no way I can beat him. <laughs> He's just, yeah. like, just being very realistic. <laughs> and, uh, and Adrian's like, oh, okay, so what are we going to do? You know, and just, like, very supportive, and uh, he's like, he doesn't, he's like, he realizes he doesn't want to win. Or like, not that he wouldn't like yeah. to win, but it's like, if, if I can just go the distance, and that's 15 rounds, then I think they do. I don't know what they do now. It's less yeah. than that. But <laughs> said, if I can go to this, the distance, no one's ever gone the distance with Apollo. And yeah. if I'm still standing after that bell rings, it's like, I'll feel like I wasn't, he said, I think the line is, I weren't just 
some bum from this neighborhood. Right. You know, I'll, I'll have achieved something. <laughs> and uh, so that does kind of set it up. A spoiler, obviously, yeah. if you haven't seen it. But it just turns into this great fight that everyone thinks he's going to get knocked out in the by the third round easily. Yeah. And he actually knocks Apollo down, which Apollo had never been knocked down in this fictional world, of course, yeah. <laughs> by anyone. And it uh, just really stuns everyone. And it goes the distance, of course. Yeah. And then Apollo retains the title. Yeah. By split decision, yeah, yeah one of those technicalities. Yeah, I yeah, t- yeah, technicalities. And Rocky could care less. He's just, the music's blaring at Bill Conti's wonderful score is blaring at the end, and he's just yelling for Adrian. His face is yeah. just a giant purple, purple swelling mess, and uh, he just wants Adrian in the ring. And he's like, I love you, I love you, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good stuff for Paul. <laughs> and credits. That's you know. That was actually a pretty daring thing for a script to do is not have your hero win. Right. In that and especially in a sports genre, which I'm not a huge fan of by the way. No, yeah. Um I'm typically But I'm more in for it. I don't think that this as a sports film. It's a kind of a romance with yeah. a sport background to it or it's a this story of the nobody into a somebody through the vehicle of sports. Right. But I don't think of it as just because there's only like about 15 or 20 minutes of boxing in there. Yeah. Even though, you know, there's some training stuff, whatever. But, yeah, mostly it is just a very quiet, dialogue-driven film, yeah. and which is a lot of people's complain about. It. It's slow. It drags. <laughs> you know, it's so character-driven, and uh, nothing's happening. <laughs> yeah. Those must be people that were expecting just a sports film, then, because mm-hmm. I've never heard of people saying that a film is like has a problem in that... The characters are too well developed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not normally well, yeah. a complaint. Well, I mean, yeah, if you watch like other like baseball movies or something, it's like about them going through the playoffs. So there's con- there's a game, <laughs> yeah. that, game, and then there's some dialogue, and then there's another game, and then there's dialogue, and it's all through the whole movie yeah. or something, or it's a football season or something. You know, it's very rarely just one quarter or one game, you know, or yeah. something like that. It's, so it well, does have a theme throughout the whole film. This is just pays off at the end. Yeah. I will say you were saying that. It's a risky thing to do that the character doesn't necessarily win in the full mm-hmm. time. Yeah. The one thing that I really liked about the people that made the film was it Dodgeball and Underdog Story? Like the, uh-huh. I'm not saying it's a good film. I'm just saying that <laughs> when they made it, uh-huh. there, there's a point in it where right at the end, Ben Stiller's character hits Vince Vaughn in the leg. So mm-hmm. he's the last one there, knocks him out. That it was supposed to then go to credits. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to go that they lost. <laughs> that was going to be the end of it. And then the studios really put the pressure on them saying, we're not putting this film out if you do it like that. So, yeah, they had to mm-hmm. do it. So, yeah, it even like now, I don't know if it would happen. Because the studios are saying you have to win mm-hmm. now. So back then, maybe mm-hmm. they were a little bit more mm-hmm. like, we'll let this go or, yeah. or it might just be because he got the moral victory the moral yeah. victory is fine it was like yeah that was a, in that documentary i mentioned that was a lot of people was like how is this movie becoming so popular he doesn't win like <laughs> how like you get so invested in this guy you want him to like do the impossible beat this monster yeah this huge guy and, and like even in the 14th round the second to last round rocky gets knocked down 
And you have Mickey, his trainer, yelling at him, stay down, <laughs> stay down. Like, it's over. You've proved everything you need to prove. Pretty yeah. much saying that. <laughs> Commentators say, what is keeping him up? Because he can't even hold his hands up to protect his face. And he's just right. taking punch after punch in the hit face and just <laughs> still standing. And uh, just, you know, Adrian's looking, just hangs her head like the guy she's loved is getting murdered. But, you know, that was his determination and moral victory. Yeah. But uh, I will say, even though I hate Stallone and I refuse to watch any more of the Rocky Have you seen Rocky? Seen, no. How? <laughs> Come on. You no. cannot criticize if you I, have not seen it. I, I have, have seen, seen Slumdog Millionaire. I have seen some of Rocky, and what I saw, I was bored by. So I decided mm-hmm. not to watch the rest of it. Yeah. I cannot say it's a bad film, and I'm not saying it's a bad film. Not for me. And okay. I, I'm going to say that the rest of the Rocky films, I know that he doesn't win all of his fights. There are some fights that he loses in the other films. I think the third film he loses. Or the fourth um, or, no. there, there's, two, there's two other films where he <laughs> loses a big... In, uh, if you're talking watch. about an exhibition at the beginning of, yeah, four... So I, I mean, three, that, yeah. I, again, he loses to Thunderlips, but that's an exhibition. I, again, I, I haven't seen the film, but mm-hmm. I saw one of those things where it was like, Apollo versus Nenis, like the main mm-hmm. character, and it said if he won or lost. And there was there were some losers <laughs> in there. Well, he, so yeah. he's in not... two, he beats Apollo. Right. The rematch. And then three, it's uh, Clubber Lang, Mr. T. Right. And four, Ivan Drago, he beats. And then five, the travesty of five, the Godfather <laughs> three of the Rocky right. <laughs> world. He is a street fight with Tommy Gunn, which he does win. Oh. And then Rocky Balboa. <laughs> Sorry, spoilers galore. He does lose in that one. Uh, okay, good. Uh, but he does. Uh, that is a split decision as well. Oh, that, that's yeah. another close thing. Very, very I, close. Well, but but he just wanted to prove that. You know, say, he was like 95 years old, so he just wanted to prove <laughs> that he could still get in the ring and not have his hip break, I guess. Yeah. So, but that is a great, great film. Rocky Balboa is, I was so pleasantly surprised after the travesty of five. Right, okay. Um, they did bring it back home and... Uh, <laughs> a lot of homages to the original film, but right, you yeah. kind of have to, I guess. Yeah, if you're tying it all up, yeah, because he will break a hip if he does another one, <laughs> <laughs> and he... his teeth will fall out, and yeah, yeah. it'll be bad. I was gonna say, how's he managing in the Expendables? Right? <laughs> I don't know. I guess guns are easier to shoot. I guess than punches right, I to throw. Yeah. yeah, you can pull a trigger. But, but uh, I, yeah, I've not seen either the Expendables. I kind of want to see the second one. Just... I've heard they're fun. You know, yeah, just because I've heard they're fun, and yeah. And I, I'm almost expecting with Schwarzenegger and Stallone, all of their firing scenes is them up against a wall firing. <laughs> I, but, I know, I do yeah. know one of the scenes is what is it? Schwarzenegger and Bruce Willis mm-hmm. just in a car, just mm-hmm. driving away in a car. <laughs> yeah. oh, let's just have these two sitting. They can yeah. sit for a scene. <laughs> I will say this is probably. I don't know. I might have said this before on like 10 films but this is probably <laughs> top 3 films for right. me like a in a rotating basis uh, I think this one does not rotate a whole lot oh, this um, one would stay no one or two usually okay. or three um, <laughs> one or two or three maybe uh, maybe Eter- four no no never four never <laughs> okay. four no it's always staying in the top three um, right. Eternal Sunshine would I'd throw in there okay. that's always in the top three I uh, so, love that film. So, the, yeah. so basically, they're the third film that is almost every other film. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there are some times where you know, like I watch it, and it's briefly after watching it, like right now, Rocky. Yes, my favorite yeah. film because I've just seen it <laughs> again. <laughs> and yeah, it's just it works for me on so many levels. It's just a great testament to the human spirit, all that schmaltzy crap. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just kind of like part of the reason why I love the Lord of the Rings films is that they're kind of 
overall theme is kind of that small people can do big things. Right. You know, if you really want to cut it down and boil it down to <laughs> yeah. the simplest thing, don't, don't simplest concept. the little guy. Yeah, because they can be of worth too. Yeah. And just like Rocky could. Right. And he can solve the Cold War. <laughs> in Rocky Four, <laughs> yeah, it's just a, a non-American solving the Cold War for America. That's right. So yeah, I would I would probably rate that for me like a minus point one. But yeah, yeah. very one. up there, just as close to perfection for me as you can get. Right. But uh, yeah, did you want to discuss me or briefly, other than silence of the uh, lambs? Do you if hear them? Do you hear them, Paul? Do you hear them? <laughs> yeah, I, I will say, Silence of the Lambs I got to see because of my A-level classes, and they played us that scene where she is talking to him in the cage, and he's going into her past. And they played it to us and then said, okay, what's the first bit of sound in this film once he starts talking? What's the first non-dialogue thing that happens and we were all going okay well is it when the police come in at the end the music comes up he was like no okay is it when just before then you can kind of hear some of the orchestra coming in and doing stuff but no turns out when he's talking to her about the lambs and she's saying you know she's starting to explain how she went out and saw the lamb thing when you get to that point, they put in a wind blowing and some slight grass rustling, and it's very subtle, and I love that. <laughs> I, yeah. I thought that film had mm-hmm. quite a lot of those little things that just really made the scenes. Oh, yeah. Still <laughs> remains to this day one of the most disturbing movies I've ever seen, <laughs> in a good way. Uh, what else you got uh, on there? Well, I've also got, I mean, obviously, Schindler's List. Yeah, is very mm-hmm. good, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I don't. Th- I couldn't say it was my favorite. No, that, that's even weird calling it's that movie good. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, ooh, it's so good, so entertaining. No, it, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's important to see. I would say an yeah. important movie for everyone yeah, to definitely. see. Yeah, American Beauty again was mm. a film that I really liked when I watched it. Mm. Upon rewatching, it, it does not, not hold up as well. I don't yeah. think, and uh, yeah, one of those just like Slumdog Millionaire that because you also texted me that one. I was like, yeah. very good, but I don't think that was a strong year anyway for movies, if I recall. I don't um, think so. Again, but, uh, I can't. I enjoyed the story. Yeah, and the... but that was a Mendez, wasn't it? Yes, it was yeah. a Mendez film. Or yeah, Alan Ball, I think, writer or something like that. I don't know. Correct uh, me, people. <laughs> and the other one that I was contemplating was The King's Speech. Hmm. But, again, that was a film that I watched and thought, fantastic film, and I couldn't say it was my best, just because, you know, I, after I watched it, I didn't feel the need to watch it again. Well, and I, I do think that with films that you just really loved, you can, like, you might not necessarily seek it out, but when it's on, you're sitting down and watching this film. You're not... <laughs> it, yeah, I do have it on Blu-ray, which I have not... I think I watched it I watched it in the theaters, and then I watched it immediately when I watched the Blu-ray, but I still have not seen it. Sense. Because a lot in the same way of Lincoln, hopefully it won't be this way with Lincoln when I get that. Yeah. But you have to be prepared for just like two hours plus of just talking. Right. That's if you're expecting big things to happen, they don't really. You know, it's it is a character drama. You know, just yeah. learning to talk without this impediment. You know, that's what the whole movie yeah. is. And, and not to say it's not a great movie. I love the movie. Oh, yeah. But uh, and fantastic performances but, as well. Yeah. 
Anything else you wanted to mention? Well, the only thing I was going to go into was a couple of the things of, as we said, Citizen Kane lost to How Green Was My mm-hmm. Valley. And 1994, Forrest Gump won over Shawshank Redemption, which is my favorite film of all time. <laughs> it's, and yeah. Pulp Fiction. And I can kind of see why if they were going for the America. Yeah, the, uh, Tarantino's never going to get Best Picture because it's, they're too violent. His films are too yeah. violent for those old men. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they'll throw him a, a supporting actor. They'll throw him a screenplay, but yeah, yeah. I just Shawshank Redemption is considered if you go, let's say, going with IMDb, it is always either number one or number two on the top one hundred yeah. films. List. It is considered one of the best films mm-hmm. for like the last I don't know, yeah. fifty, sixty. Yeah, <laughs> this is a classic story of finding its audience after its time. Yeah. But. and yet. Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do you... Yeah, well, come on. Uh, Forrest Gump is the crowd pleaser. Uh, yes, yeah. But, yeah. Which, which also would explain mm-hmm. 97, Titanic won the Oscar over yeah. The Full Monty, Good Will Hunting, and L.A. Confidential. I mean, the oh, full, the I would, Monty, well, I never saw Full Monty, but full I would Monty, pick it, the can, other two over Titanic. Yeah, The LA Full Monty, I can understand why Titanic might have won, just because The Full Monty is a very British mm-hmm. film. There's not a whole lot of parallels between what happened to the people in The Full Monty and what may have happened over here at the same time. Because the Full Monty, very briefly, is about some people that work in a factory, and the factory has laid them all off. And this was something that was happening all across the UK at the time. All these people that were in steel mills and stuff like that, they were coal mines as well, they were just being laid off. There was nothing any of them could do. There were so many people on unemployment. And then these guys decide, because the women all like to go and see the Chippendales, that they're going to do the same sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's not necessarily about the fact that they're trying to be the dancers. It's about them, but obviously that's yeah, what's bringing yeah. them all together. And I can see, okay, maybe the Academy might not have wanted that as mm-hmm. best picture of the year. <laughs> but yeah, Good Will Hunting, LA Confidential. Yeah. And... I just wanted to mention my honorable mentions uh, sure, real yeah. quick. If yeah. uh, that almost, <laughs> f- few of them almost made it, uh, but Rocky <laughs> won out by a uh, safe margin. But. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, if you know anything about me, my favorite decade is the 70s for filmmaking. Um, right. Uh, I just think everyone was at the top. Of my, a lot of my favorite actors were working in that period. You know, Dustin Hoffman, Gene Hackman. Just, yeah. <laughs> which brings me to Midnight Cowboy. Uh, <laughs> um, right. You know, and if we're going that way, which is one of my, I would say, top 25 favorites, Midnight Cowboy. Right. Um, the Godfather. Like, how do you not <laughs> love The Godfather? Unless you're Peter Griffin. <laughs> because it insists upon itself. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm not going to go into The Godfather. And uh, The Godfather Part 2. Oh, yeah. uh, Which, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong out there, people, was the only sequel to win Best Picture up until another one I have on this list, Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Return of the King, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I believe it was the only sequel to ever win up until... That yes, film. up until but, 2003. Yeah, so that's, that's an impressive. That was yeah, and the first one, obviously, up to that point. But uh, one yeah. flew over the cuckoo's nest is one of my favorites. Yeah, I, I um, have that on the list. But... Yeah, Deer Hunter, which once again, like, kind of like Schindler's List, a great film, <laughs> tough to rewatch. Yeah, it is so traumatic and <laughs> it just sucks the soul out of you. Well, and what? then you have the hour and a half movie. 
wedding movie at the beginning of yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, another, another one of those films that the beginning and the end just don't quite go together. They're two different films, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just, but, oh my god, it's a current, and I'd say an easily top ten Annie Hall. Yeah, I, I, I really love, need to love, go, love, love, love Annie Hall. I need to go I love into Woody Allen. a Woody Allen thing, because I have yeah. not seen much. It is hilarious, it's heartbreaking it's and uh, diane keaton's incredible yeah. i i yeah. always slightly worry about because I, I keep saying like, mm-hmm. you know, oh i need to watch mm-hmm. some woody allen film yeah. and then i think what if i watch it and it's of it's of that problem of it doesn't quite click for me because i don't get the mm-hmm. like, i'm not connected with the environment at the time or yeah. i don't quite it's, it's get you know it's woody allen had, before he started making movies about europe um, <laughs> made movies about New York, yeah, <laughs> and so it's New York is always a character character in those films of. And if you don't know, uh, Woody Allen makes a film every year, despite you know right. whether it's a success or not, which very rarely <laughs> he are makes they. Those films. He does one uh, one a year, so there's tons of things to look at. But uh, and he's worked with Diane Keaton tons of times. Yes, I know. But, yeah. Another person that's quite yeah. famous for using the same people. Yeah, but uh, it's just you know it's a relationship movie. It's these two people kind of a very small parallel to when Harry met Sally kind of a right. course of a period of years you know these people right and uh, you get one of the great lines that I've gotten a lot of use out of it <laughs> I should be ashamed for this but uh, when he says hey don't knock masturbation it's sex with someone I love <laughs> so feel free yeah, to use that yeah. one in your uh, daily conversation folks because oh, that's yeah, a I'm good sure, one i'm sure it fits everywhere yeah and uh, just real quick uh, then gladiator is one of my all-time favorites yeah. almost did that one <laughs> the modern times uh rain man going back to the 80s definitely definitely yeah. a good movie definitely <laughs> definitely other than wapner definitely uh, and then i also wrote down silence of the lambs i also wrote uh, the lambs and uh braveheart Braveheart's one of those that I have to watch when it's on TV, I, <laughs> and I'm invested for three hours if I catch it at the beginning. I know a couple of people that, upon hearing that, would probably wonder what on earth is wrong with you. What well, in the hell is wrong with them that they don't love a great movie like Braveheart? One of them is a history buff. It's and, not a documentary, no, it's a film. And doesn't like Mel Gibson. Oh. Before <laughs> he went just, crazy or just hated him I think before just then? in general not okay. a Mel Gibson fan and then the crazy didn't help. And I think those two together being a history buff who is very... I'm a history buff. Yeah. You're I can American separate the two. Buff, okay, right? I can separate the two. I'm yeah. a world history buff as well. No. Like European history. Well, but, yeah. He very into if a film is going to be set in a, I guess for it's got like a pivotal mm-hmm. historical era to try and get most of their facts right. Mm-hmm. And uh, based on what he's told me, there's not a lot in that film that is historically accurate in the slightest. So, like, and, so and that, my that, argument is this is like 1036 or whatever. Who the hell knows what's accurate? Who knows what <laughs> was written in the books is actually what happened? No, yeah, that's, right. I mean, obviously, he that's is one going, person's version. He is historian. going based off of the yeah. Of the common perception of what history, you know, history is written by the victors, not, you know, so. (laughs) And of course, well, the two of us could probably go into a very famous example of exactly something that was written a long time ago that people take as uh, 
gospel, shall we say. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not get there, yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah. I will say, if you do want a perfectly accurate depiction of history, all you got to do is watch Mel Brooks' History of the World Part 1. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> word for word, line. That is exactly how everything went down. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't actually be surprised if that was more accurate than that. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I just, you know, you can never... I got to throw Mel Brooks in once oh, yeah. every podcast. <laughs> well, speaking of it, Mel Brooks, if you're listening, go on. Part 2, really? It's taking you this long. <laughs> that was the joke. That was the joke, he said. Yes. I, I know that was a joke, but still. Still, yeah. Well, they show it at the end of one. The scenes from that will be in part two. Hitler yeah. on ice, I believe, is one of them. And and I think one of them turned into basically space balls. I can't remember. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, they ripped off. Uh, what was the, the song that they did in History of the World turned into, I think, a song in yeah, space balls or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. Yeah. But... Oh, I don't something know. Turns but, uh, something but I else. digest. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, for this, we looked over the old films. I've come to realize there's a huge amount of Oscar winners that I mm-hmm. have not seen. Some of them, and not to, yeah, they wouldn't be filmed. And not to say seen. the best picture winners that, you know, that's, I hold all my stock in. Because no, sometimes, you know, like, yeah. you, it's not your cup of tea, it's not my <laughs> cup of tea. Or not my bag yeah. for Austin Powers, but uh, how did that not win an Oscar? I but that know. was the category. Yeah, <laughs> that was the thing we chose: best yeah. picture winners, our favorites. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So you know, Twitter us or email us yours yeah. and or on the, Facebook. I think the only other film that I was going to say of note that I didn't mention. The 1943 winner, Casablanca. Oh, yeah. Just a very classic film, and it was watching that film that I realized that films back then, like, did kind of have a sense of humor to them that wasn't necessarily apparent, mainly because of the line where the police chief is told by his higher-up, you need to shut this place down now. Mm -hmm. And so he starts getting everyone out, and Rick comes over, he's like, what's going on? And so he just says, so I am shocked shocked to find out that there is gambling going on in your establishment at that second someone comes up next to him and goes here's your winning sir thank you put it in his pocket everyone else come on yeah like just that the very quick paced thing so it's like it's a joke but in a very serious scene and I haven't yeah. seen that and I was like okay now I get what the <laughs> well now that you brought that up that. sorry I was very to wrap up but uh That's right. I, will ha- I do have to thank Casablanca for opening me up to older films because that was the really the first one probably I'd say almost 15 years ago right. or so that I gave a chance I'm like up until that point maybe it was 12 or 13 years right. ago but I was a young adult you know and I'm like <laughs> I still loved you know the film like I will give this a try I'm going to be bored to tears because <laughs> uh, it's from 1943 like yeah. nothing from then could be interesting yeah. that's <laughs> everyone that age thinks yeah like, oh. <laughs> there's it. you do have to as that book you read I gave you the comedy film gu- guides or whatever guide to film whatever <laughs> yeah. comedy film nerds they talk about adjusting your perception to pace and things and you that does take a little bit in yeah. older films like if you're used to the pace of anything from the 80s on you yeah. know pretty much you gotta it, let it slow down gotta let it slow down gotta relax and then once you do that and you get involved in the film you're perfectly fine yeah and I, I love that movie obviously and then <laughs> started watching other films from the 40s wasn't afraid of black and white and wasn't you know wasn't yeah. afraid of just slow moving stories and okay if I you know I watched the Maltese Falcon because of that I watched you know <laughs> Yeah. President's Men and you know uh, yeah, her 12 I, Angry Men I watched and yeah, I, I ended up watching 
I filmed what I thought I was going to walk out of because it was part of my mm-hmm. film studies course. I ended up watching Metropolis, mm-hmm. which is, I think, just over two hours. Yeah. I ended up being one of the few people who was sitting there just still into it at yeah. the end. And it made me realize, like, I don't think pacing matters too much to me. Yeah. It's because I know a lot of people are like, oh, God, this is taking forever. Mm-hmm. And it was actually a film that I almost left because the guy that was coming to put it on for us was 35 minutes late. And I poked my head out to be like, okay, I, I think we're going to go. Put my head out, and I saw him coming up the stairs. Mm-hmm. So I sat down, and I'm so glad I did. <laughs> yeah. Just because some of those old films are really good, and so many people do put it off just because it's not in color or it's not, they think it's going to be stuffy and yeah. all that. I mean, you know, some agreed, some of the studio films at the time, they were pumped out just to make the studio's money. Yeah. <laughs> and the actors are paid a pittance, so it's. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they, they were, that was the studio era yeah. where they all worked for that, uh, they had contracts with that studio and they had to pump out so many films a year. And it, and you're contracted to make four films this year or whatever. I would love like people that say things about like, you know, how actors are overpaid and all that blah blah blah. It's like, you know, some, someone got paid $25 million to appear in this film. It's just like, yeah. Oh, you think, you think that's bad? Let's go back in time and see how much the biggest star of the age yeah. was paid maybe. Like, you know, maybe $50 a month to be in the film. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, they definitely, yeah, we're doing it <laughs> other than for reasons other than money. But, yeah, yeah let's uh, try to run through our Netflix sleepers, I think. All right, and, sure. And let the good people go. All right. Well, I think you should go first. All right, then. Um, I've been on a documentary kick just because... There hasn't been a whole lot of scripted stuff that's interested me yeah. <laughs> in the theaters or on Netflix recently. And I'm going to go with a film called The Imposter. It's actually, I think from a couple years ago, but although it, I think it just got released maybe last year. Right. Something like that, I don't know. But uh, it's part documentary, then part like reenactments and things like so there is a cast right you know there's you know and uh, a couple things may be inaccurate i don't know i tried to do some research on it but um are you familiar with the story at all i um, you're gonna have to refresh me and, and uh, i think it, it was 97 i think this young boy goes missing yeah. in um texas i think yeah not really important right. but uh, <laughs> he goes missing, goes missing <laughs> only to be discovered in spain i believe yeah three years later okay and well they get this call the family gets the call like oh you're in spain you gotta come get him or whatever right. and not spoiling here because you very quickly through the talking head interviews find out this is a ruse right um <laughs> this is someone pretending to be this kid it's a 23 year old man at this point Wow. Pretending to be this 15-year-old now. Or, or supposed to be a, like this 15-year-old kid. Okay. And uh, pulled it off. Been doing these things for years. And wow. had, didn't have a... His excuse didn't have a family that showed him love. And, you know, if you don't learn that early, it's, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, so he's pulling this wool over their eyes and amazingly is accepted by the family into their home huh. and treat him as their son for many, many months. And I'm not going to say any more than that because okay. this movie went in a direction that I did not expect it to go. I'm like, I know this is still interesting. I know where it's going to go. And then I just jaw <laughs> on floor. <laughs> and uh, just watch it. It's very fascinating. Not gonna, spoiling in here. I was not pleased with the resolution. It's a documentary, yeah. but I can't choose how life goes. Right, yeah. <laughs> but I was still very, very interested in it. And it's definitely said it just took me to a place I did not think it was going at all. Right. So very interesting. Highly recommended. 
I'll definitely have to watch yeah. that one this week then. Mm-hmm. Well, my one is this film is not yet rated. Yeah, uh, but what's the movie? <laughs> uh, I, you know, I didn't bother writing it down. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, Sorry, was, bad joke over. Continue. <laughs> and it is a film, as you might expect, about the rating board, specifically the American rating board, which technically the American rating board is a completely voluntary thing. The catch being, if you don't get a rating of under NC-17 by this mm-hmm. rating board, there's only a handful of cinemas that even play NC-17s. Yeah. And if it's not rated, they don't play them at all. So <laughs> somehow this voluntary board has become something that you need to submit your... Yeah, you need to, to lower your fucks, <laughs> <laughs> delete them out, and yeah, to get uh, your PG-13... And this guy is basically make, trying to make a documentary about this. However, every single member of the board is a secret. No one, with the exception of the people very high up, no one really knows who these people are. <laughs> they're the Freemasons of film. <laughs> well, they're, they're, they're the Illuminati <laughs> of that, film. And it, it's fantastic because he goes out trying to find out who these people are. There's actually a private detective involved, which... Mm-hmm. So, I guess, private investigator, I should say. Not not affiliated with the police mm-hmm. in any way. And it's fantastic. Some of the stuff that comes up, he actually, towards the end of the film, this isn't really a spoiler, because it's just something that he ends up doing. He has to submit his film to the board, and so you get to see the outcome of that, what his conversations, or lack thereof, <laughs> with some of the people yeah. in there, and it's it's a really good look at how the filmmakers feel about these board it's mostly filmmakers that have had either an nc-17 or have had a very rough time Mm -hmm. with them a couple of familiar faces a couple of not familiar faces depending on the sorts of films you watch Mm -hmm. and just a really well done documentary it's only i think an hour and a half long and there was something else I was going to say about it, and of course I've forgotten what that oh. is. So I'll leave you. <laughs> Such <hanging>. a shame. <laughs> we will always wonder. Uh, <laughs> maybe I'll re-record something. But I got it. I got it. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us on this episode, yeah, I sir. So I've been Paul, and I've been Brian, and we'll see you at some other time. Bye, folks. Bye.